Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Christmas bitches, welcome to a holiday recap, a celebration of the best of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories and we finally review the things that we do best on this show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is, a, this is the holiday season, and like all of you, I don't give a fuck about working during this time, and so I instead am going to, to encourage you to listen to some of our finest, some of our greatest moments from the show. This is our introduction for part one of the best of. That means there's a part two. You're, you're some lucky sons of bitches. All of you. Every single one of you, you lucky pieces of shit. And guess what? The best ofs include some of the best of our games. That means homemade hotep. That means white lies. That means some of the other odd games that I come up with desperately to entertain you and our guests. We we are going to recap some of our finest and boy, do we have some fine moments to recap with you from 2021 and beyond. There's no beyond. It's just 2021. But you know what I mean. It, it sounds better if I say beyond. Otherwise, it just sort of feels flat as a sentence. I don't know. I spend too much time alone. Maybe it would have been a fine sentence without it. There's no reason for me to dig through the this desperate emotional turn that I'm going through. It's the holiday season and I'm getting dark. Anyway, happy holidays to you all and please enjoy the best ofs from My Mama Told Me. 
Okay, let's play a game. I want to play a game with you, and this is a very fun game that I like to call Homemade Hotel. Okay, this is Homemade Hotel. my third eye opening. Open that bad boy up. And the way that this game works is I'm going to introduce to you a fact, a standard true fact out in the world. And what I would like for you to do is to hotep the shit out of it. Bring in all the conspiratorial crazy that you think you need to make this fact feel less like a fact and more like something that is destructive to the black community or the people around it. Okay? Okay. Got it. Great. So your fact today, the U.S. government starting in 2018 stopped keeping every tweet, but instead just now basically saves a very selective amount or certain selective group of tweets. But between 2006 and 2017, the U.S. government saved every single public tweet, every single one. It's like kept in a database somewhere from 2006 to 2017. Why do you think that is? Hotep that shit for me. Make it as homemade hotep as you wish. Wow. So, wow. First of all, first and foremost, giving all honor to God, <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Kings and queens. Mm hmm. In 2006, I want to talk to you about a man. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about a man whose name is Barack Hussein Obama. Uh-oh. And in, 20, in 2006, this is when he really started getting percolating. Uh -huh. This is when he started percolating. Everybody was like, okay, he was an alderman. Now he a senator. And look at this black man rise like a shooting star. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People started whispering. They were like, Negro president. You know? And Twitter, Twitter knew this. And they saw, they saw this thing coming, right? 2006, right, right, right? Yep. Why do you think that, okay, so we're talking 2006, <laughs> we're talking presidential run, 2007, right? Okay, so we're talking Obama 08, right? Obama's <laughs> president, right? Everything's black. You know, they, they, they worried about nigga revolt. Mm. You know, all the niggas gonna get excited. Is their black leader gonna come and, you know, it's gonna be Tucson level tour all over again. It's gonna be the Haitian revolution. You know, they thought like maybe niggas gonna get too spicy. Mm. So let's just keep all of their tweets, right? And that's why in 2017, which is a year after 2016, which what happened in 2016, <laughs> Trump, right? That's when they stopped saving all the tweets because they was like we don't even need these shit no more because we don't got a negro in office anymore so now we just gonna save like black twitter that's mm. another issue it's like but y'all black twitter we started getting a little too organized on twitter now yeah it's jokes like nigga navy and jokes you know on anybody in anybody's circumstance uh even when we thought we was gonna have world war three jokes but but now the government knows about black twitter mm. where we are mm. like think about think about the last time you saw wendy's tweet why wendy tweet so black why does wendy's <laughs> have a mixtape it's all connected. Um, Why does Wendy's have a mixtape? Because black people like mixtapes, and where do they sell them? Out of the trunk of their car. The government mm. is trying to get inside your vehicle. Ooh. Ooh. And steer you where they want you to go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There it is. Yes. There, there it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. <laughs> you know nothing about that. Oh man, that you you brought up a lot of powerful shit here. You're saying that there's a real possibility that they started tracking every single tweet as a way of containing this nigga revolution that was building in relation or potentially building in relation to Barack Obama. And then as soon as he was out of office, they no longer needed to collect all of those tweets because they had all the information and documentation that they 
needed and for some reason wendy's is connected to all of that you did you did all the things that a hotep is is meant to do <laughs> why are the patties square uh-huh not nah, there That's it is because they try to put niggas in a box <laughs> think about it the key to being a good hotep is, like you said, thank God, and then and then really connected to a bunch of things that are nonsensical while making a few really this good makes points. Perfect sense. <laughs> Why is Wendy's slogan "Fresh, never frozen"? What do black people like to be fresh? Fresh. Wow. Think about that. I, Pontificate on that, kings and queens. I listen. I'm thinking about it, and I know my listeners at home are also thinking about it, probably in different ways than we anticipated, but they're thinking about it. Yeah, it's on I mean, brain. pull out your TI dictionary of vocabulary <laughs> and, <laughs> and start putting two and three together. Exactly. Let's play a, a, a fun game that I like to call White, White Lies. Lies. Ugly, you're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. White Lies. This is a, a very fun game where I, Michael, will introduce to you a uh, traditional white conspiracy theory, one that white people have maintained for quite a while. And I would love for you to just unpack exactly why you think white people are so invested in this conspiracy theory. What do you think? They're holding on conspiracy. To? Conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. I know <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, this is a classic. I think you're going to love it. Uh, white people for a while have maintained that most people in politics are uh, secretly lizard people. I'm sure you've heard that before that they mm -hmm. that they're uh, they're actually like lizard alien people from, I guess, the bottom of the earth. Sometimes I hear the bottom of the earth. Sometimes I hear outer space, but they're lizard people hiding in fleshy skin and they're planning our our ultimate destruction, despite appearing to be uh, servants of, you know, justice and all that other stuff. My question for you is, why do you think white people Referring to our our leaders and best as lizard people is so important to them. Okay, so I gave you two answers, right? So I know the answer, right? <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the truth is that this idea came from an idea that was generated, like in the early Christian church, that the people who were nobility, the clergy class, they were actually not just ordained by God, right? But they were a different bloodline mm. than, like, like, why would you, peasant in France, just think, oh, the guy who's leading me is going to pass it down to his son? And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Unless you thought, like, there was some kind of inherited bloodline that was different from yours, right? So that is an idea that is generated, that's been generated over other thousands of years, right? And, like, if you are a white person in America, that seems like the only logical answer to why you can't get <laughs> in. So, I don't know, do, do y'all have Waffle Houses in, in L.A., right? Well, I mean, you I, know I, I'm Waffle familiar. Houses. I think we're all familiar yeah. with the Waffle House. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so I had this thought at Denny's the first time I had it. Mm -hmm. But I was at a Denny's, and it was, like, after the club. It was, like, 3 a.m. It was, like, this 58-year-old white man sweeping up in a Denny's at 3 a.m. And I'm God, thinking, damn. what the fuck happened? <laughs> like a white man in the worst position. <laughs> but those are the people who believe in it. Like the people who believe in QAnon, right? Like 
so we know from um, polling data and like the people who are more likely to be Trump supporters are uneducated, white, poor people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's always surprises people that, you know, white people, poor white people generally don't vote. Right. Right. That's what gave Trump this, you know, this big lead, because when Hillary Clinton ran against him, all the previous data says, well, we don't have to worry about the poor white people. And that's mm-hmm. how Trump won, right? So so poor white people, just think about living in a world where, and, and I, this is a quote I stole from somebody, but they have convinced you that you're not a loser. You're a winner who just hasn't won yet. Yeah. And that's how white people think, right? And so... The reason they believe in stuff like lizard people coming from outer space and putting on zipping up human skin and controlling the world is the only other choice a poor, uneducated white person has is to believe that he ain't did enough in his life. Because you got all the opportunities. Mm -hmm. You have the world that is built for you. So why aren't you afraid? My mama always said, you know, I mean, when you talk about people with average intelligence, that means like half of the world is below average intelligence. Right. And so, but nobody thinks that they're dumb. Nobody thinks that they're dumb and nobody thinks that they're dressed bad and everybody thinks they're funny. That's three things that you can always invariably count on. That's why people who make you laugh are generally more intelligent than people who are serious. Yeah. Like, and I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm a comedian. It is actual like, like, Generally, well, listen. Like, I'm going to repeat the, it to a lot of people to right. uh, to sell my own brand. But. Oh, you didn't know that, right? <laughs> like, like there are studies that shows like people in comedy have higher IQs. Hell yeah! Like, I'll take it. Sure, it's the standardized white test, but hell yeah, I'll 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 yeah. own that shit. Right? <laughs> it's probably yeah, because I mean, if you think about what comedy is like the gift of words and the ability to like kind of pull this one joyous emotion out of people. You mm-hmm. have to exercise a muscle to do that. But let's go back to the lizard people, right? So yeah. that thing start with Dave it start with a dude named David Ick, who started this uh theory that they, these royal bloodlines, it goes back to the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. These people came from outer space and they control the world through this system of communication and Sometimes they, you know, you might catch them with their skins off. And that was a goal. Like, you know, remember when, you know, this is probably before your time too. Remember Alex Jones snuck into this, uh, this, the Grove, uh, where all these, this is the actual thing, right? Where all these rich people meet every year, like mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, rich and powerful people. And he thought he, he was going to catch them. Like, un- he literally thought right. he was going to catch them unzipping their the like skins, right? thinking they're going to be in there drinking goat blood and, like, doing evil shit, and they were just being regular people. Right. But the truth is, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, right? These subgroups. Like, victims create subgroups easier than the people who are perpetuating the oppression, right? And rich people... Like black people think white people stick together. White people don't stick together. You know, we think rich people stick together. Rich people don't stick together, right? Like we have these unfounded notions that the only way these people can achieve what they achieve is 
through some collective effort when the truth is that they have just built a system like they don't have to wear no white. Like if you gave me the choice of reconfiguring the school system, the economic system, the banking system, having generational wealth, bruh, you might think I came from outer space yeah. too. I'd be so dope. Yeah. But I would be like, like all my people would, you know what I'm saying? We'd have the best schools, you know, Everybody would be clapping on beat and laughing at the white people. <laughs> It'd be, you know, great potato salad at McDonald's. <laughs> and people would think, well, they must be got know some kind of magic shit sure. to do all of that. Nah, but you you built and control a system. I think you're hitting on something that that uh, certainly is resonating with me. I've been watching a shit ton of The Crown lately. I don't know if you watch The Crown at all. No, nah, I, I hadn't gotten into it, man. Well, yeah. I, I like it because it's just proof that uh, it's a lot of what you're saying. And in, in they're all scumbags and gross people, but in a very specific way that I'm I'm fascinated by. But one of the things that my wife and I were talking about the other day was how insane it is that people are rooting for the bloodline of a family that's held above them, right? That they're literally cheering outside because this bloodline has continued of people who are going to, they're basically paying taxes every year to maintain like a giant palace for them to go do stupid shit in. And one of the things that I think you're getting to is they do legitimately think to cheer for them, you have to legitimately think that their blood is different than yours, that they are, in fact, this blessed group that deserves this sort of like celebration. And this is where, you know, the lizard people are slightly different, but kind of the same is that you can only in America, you can only make sense of the difference that these white people have the way they've excelled, the way they've they've made it is to believe that their blood is different than yours, that they're cold blooded and sort of like some sort of alien creature, because otherwise you have to make peace with the fact that you're just a regular white dude who didn't make it despite the math working in your favor. Right. But the cra- you know what the crazy thing about that is, right? Like that extends to us, too. Right. Like the people who believe that there are lizard people who control the banking industry mm-hmm. also believe that we have something in our blood that makes us inferior to them. Right. right. So it's not just like the lizard shit. Like it, it's crazy. And it don't, again, white people ain't, it sounds like white people ain't got no sense. If I told you that there were lizard people who won't let me get along and that's why I can't get ahead, you would say he ain't got no sense. Yeah. But <laughs> if I got mad, because a black person moved next door to me or my daughter bought home a black person that she was dating. Mm-hmm. You would say, I mean, that seems logical. It is the same insanity, right. right? It literally doesn't make any sense, right? It is as crazy as lizard people with zip up skin, <laughs> but we've accepted one and don't like most of us, have accepted the other. Like, you have to correct black people all of the time, too. Like, they, you know, you I'll hit, see black people, it's like, white people do this with their money. Or white people, you know, they teach their kids how to speak a foreign language. I was just correcting somebody the other day on Twitter. White people teach their kids how to speak a foreign language. And they, actually, black people are more likely to speak a foreign language than white people. Like, it's just this thing that we believe because, 
like they get better schools. Yeah, and and be, like white people get keep neighborhood like do this with they bro they got extra money because it is generational. Right. Like, it is intergenerational. They have the better schools. They have the better platforms. They have all like it is and it is not that they don't work for that money. It is that they have placed barriers in front of us so that if we put forth the same effort as a mediocre white man, we're gonna be poor and that white boy gonna be okay. Yeah, and I I love what you're saying, and I think it's the the almost the perfect note for us to end on is that this is truly about maintaining a type of uh a functionality in their own world. That it, it, to your point, they ain't got no sense, and they know they ain't got no sense. But the only way that you can keep thriving in a situation where you ain't got no sense is to make all of it nonsense. Is to make all of it completely nonsensical for everybody around you and then trick a bunch of people who do or potentially could have sense into not having sense with you. Right. It is all insanity. Nothing makes sense. And so you might as well act like they do. You can't make sense of racism. Exactly. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I have a fun game that I would love to play with you right now. Okay. This game, it's a brand new game that I'm calling If They Did It. You must be loco to mess with us. Don't you know we're dangerous? We'll kill you. We'll kill you. Interesting. If they did it okay. is the name of this game. And okay. it's a very simple game. All I'm going to do is introduce to you a few uh, alternative theories. Theories mm. that I had never heard before in my life about what potentially could have happened uh, <laughs> during this murder. And what I would love for you to do is just unpack them. You're a man who loved or at least used to love conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. when you were more irresponsible. So uh, (laughs) just unpack them. Let's hear your thoughts on some of these these conspiracy theories. Great. My first one. And this one uh, is very interesting to me on a number of levels. But one of the things that they point to is uh, that apparently Nicole Brown Simpson had a drug problem. That she mm-hmm. was uh, in in some ways in debt to uh, a number of drug dealers and that the murder of her and Ron Goldman was a hit for money that she owed on her, I guess, cocaine purchases. I don't know. Now, this is a very common. This was a theory that was up and around when the trial was going on. Like it was a drug mm-hmm. thing. It was a drug thing. And I feel like. That is kind of one of those theories that gets thrown around like after a lot of murder. Like, I even feel like after the Manson murders, people are like, ah, this was a drug thing. Like, actually, if you yep. go into it, it was a drug thing. I think it was too sloppy to be a drug hit. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you going in there with one knife? Why are you going in there? Like, I I just feel like that's too sloppy. Yeah, I agree. There's something weird about, like, if this is, in fact, like this major cartel, like, trying to seek vengeance, you don't send one dude who can get beat up by a man named Ron Goldman. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and I also think, like, the, the, the part of, I think, what gave that conspiracy some credence, I think, at least in Florida, was that there were rumors that, the kids were now selling drugs after the trial. Like, so it was just like, were drugs always a part of the, the picture? But I don't right. know. To me, it feels like you go in there, you, you have a gun or something, and why, what, what are they selling drugs? They, what, how much money could they owe? I think another weird fucked up thing that I remember hearing was like something about like a Colombian necktie where they're like, that's where you like slit the throat and pull the tongue. It's like that, that shit is not happening in Brentwood, man. Like, that is so right. risky and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I do they're, not think it was a drug thing. Yeah, they're not sending a message to all these people with three pools. <laughs> no, they're I like... don't think, yeah. <laughs> that old white lady in the slippers next door needs to know what's up. You're next, Bernice. I don't think, it's like, I don't think that's, that's the energy that the cartel is showing no. up with. Here's a sillier, I don't know if sillier is the right word, but certainly a more absurd one. There's a theory that OJ hired a serial killer to uh, murder his ex-wife and Ron Goldman, a man named Glenn Rogers. Interesting. Who, who basically uh, claims to have killed 70 women, including Nicole Brown Simpson, 
is apparently hired by OJ and uh, is, in fact, the murderer. And it's even verified the brother of Glenn Rogers basically claims he genuinely believes that his brother was, in fact, the person who did the murders. Interesting. See, I'd never heard that. I had maybe heard that, like, it looked like it could have been a serial killer, the murder, mm-hmm. you know, like there was a sadisticness to it. Which I think you attribute to either someone you know, like a passion, a passion crime, or a serial killer. Yeah. Um. I think there was also some theory going around when I was younger that like OJ tried to make it look like it was a serial killer or something. So it's interesting mm. that there's an actual person that they've attributed it to. I would say that is not a terrible idea for like, sure. like not to, not to say that we should do that, but like. If you were like writing a movie, like that's no, not I a... love, I love that you were sitting there like, honestly, I mean, I'm like what OJ's doing because here. like if this was like a movie, right? You could be like, it's the perfect crime because ultimately, if you get caught, which you want to get caught as a serial killer, like you'll just be like, it was a random killing, you know? Mm-hmm. You find, do, are, do you hunt down a serial killer only well, to that... have him kill someone in your life? That's not a bad <laughs> that... idea. Like, That's the part that I think bumped me pretty hard in all of this. Is like, how, what did OJ look up to <laughs> to find local serial killers in his area that that That's could take so care funny. of his ex wife for him? Let me ask around. You guys, <laughs> hey, I'm OJ. You guys know any serial killers? Hey, <laughs> Rob Kardashian. You know any serial killers I mean, nearby? I don't. It would have to be some sort of like when OJ was in jail met someone you know what i mean and like because he's oj like oh my god it's oj i love you like you love me huh you want to do something for me like (laughs) i kill people because of you what's up OJ? but i would say this Langston. okay you are an actor we wrote a movie that was like (laughs) dude who wants to like kill his boss and he's Uh like a detective so he hunts down a serial killer and corners him and the serial killers what are you gonna do arrest me he's like no i got a job for you then he gets his boss man this ain't this is pretty good it's pretty we good got to edit i'm not gonna lie I'm, to I'm, I'm intrigued i <laughs> you've got my ear i want to develop this with oj let's get with OJ. OJ. <laughs> we got to take him into the pitches and he's got to talk about the buffalo bills well, here's what's going on with the buffalo bills <laughs> if you're gonna run the ball you gotta have a passing game <laughs> all right man what does that mean you gotta commit okay. to running the ball Here's another uh, phenomenal. This is a much more absurd one. There are some people who contend that OJ was the victim of uh, mind control in murdering his <laughs> wife, that basically the CIA, the FBI, the Illuminati all sort of team up and start running uh, mind control experiments on OJ, ultimately to sort of like increase or or bring a head to the racial tension that is building already in America, that this is like a chess move, that if OJ kills his wife, we are able to, uh, I guess, solve race? I don't know what the, the I will goal say is. that that is the type of shit I would have been like 10 years ago, I like 12 years ago, I would be like, okay, okay. Um, so let me look it up. So like who would benefit from this? <laughs> like what companies... Um, it that that's yes. an interesting one, and like, unfortunately, yeah. the mind control might just be like he played in the NFL and like knocked his head around for however many years, you know, ran right up the middle. Like, I, I feel like that is where the mind control comes mm-hmm. in. But 
That's a fascinating one. I, I did, you know, I used to think about the Illuminati all the time of Bohemian Grove and the Bilderberg meetings and all this shit. And like, I don't know what they're doing, but how many things do you have to do before you get to, all right, well, now let's frame OJ for a murder so that <laughs> we can bring racial tensions. Like, they're probably just like, you know, like stealing oil from the Middle East or whatever. Like, I yeah. think there's better shit to be doing than that. To your point, that's not uh that that wasn't in a single meeting where y'all <laughs> just sat down. This got pitched out and everybody was like, cool, 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 cool. They're like, all right, like let's get one. to uh, point 135. <laughs> OK, let's see. You guys know O.J.? <laughs> no, let's watch Naked Have Gun. Heard of OJ? Let's watch OJ Naked Simpson? Gun real quick. Yeah, there's a similar one. That also claims that uh, an Aryan cult might have and not in under mind control, but an Aryan cult actually was the group that murdered Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, not for the sake of sort of fixing race in America, but actually inciting the racial mm. tension in America that they wanted to set up. It was OJ. A frame. They were framing exactly them to, to be like, OK, this is and you know what? Like. I could see how that conspiracy develops because, like I said, after the trial, especially for like young kids and like people who were maybe just like had a cursory understanding of what was going on, mm -hmm. there was this like, all right, cool, black people. Like we did get like there was a weird racial line drawn. And because obviously the trial goes way into it and like the crooked cop shit and the yeah, N word Mark and all Farming. that shit, like it, it all ends up being a part of the case. So it's, tr I, but I don't know if you could have predicted the Mark Furman of it all. Yeah. Like he could have gotten, he could have just rolled with his original attorney and just been like a cop of plea or whatever. Mm -hmm. The the Mark Furman and the Johnny Cochran of it all are very, very, those are wild cards that I think, I don't know if anyone could have predicted. No, I I don't think that anyone anticipated. I mean, clearly OJ didn't even anticipate it because right. he didn't hire. He Johnny didn't even Cochran want it. He beginning. was like, "Well, this yeah. ain't a race thing." He's like, "It's right. always a race thing." Okay. <laughs> Come on, brother, wake up! Oh. It is a race thing. Courtney, my B. Vance, favorite. I gotta say, guys, like again, I'm gonna plug it again. If you have not watched the People versus OJ Simpson, I've said this many times, but that is my Star Wars. Like yeah. <laughs> when when the when the Bronco shows up on screen, I was like. Oh, like the Bronco. They got a they got a Bronco. Oh my god, like I was so I was like, "Oh my god, who's going to be who's going to be Kim? Who's going to like I was just obsessed." Oh, I love the idea that that like Star Wars, you're dressing up before every episode. <laughs> I'm like dressed up like AC, I'm like sitting in the front of I'm like, "This is cool. I'm driving people around." Uh it it's, it it is so good that series and I do think it goes into some of the trial like it really paints the picture that OJ did it, which I don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent but they really do a great job in showing how bad the cops were and how race played into this and how mm -hmm. ultimately they tried to frame him whether he did it or not or his son was involved and it's so good good and well acted and courtney b vance and like fucking darden and Marsha clark are so good in it yeah I, I, I I'll I'll give you one last yes. uh, alternative theory, and this one actually is my favorite. And you've brought it up uh, once or twice mm. already, but I think it's worth digging into a little. One of the arguments that I read on the Internet that people make for O.J. being innocent of the crime, not in fact a murderer, is the brain damage that he suffered from C professional football. That yes. The CTE somehow exempts him. 
from the crimes <laughs> that he committed. Well, you know, it's if if you watch the really really sad Aaron Hernandez documentary, mm-hmm. it really makes you want to look at everybody's brain, like the junior yeah. say out of it all. Like, there's a lot of really fucked up shit going on. Sure, and I don't think it makes him innocent. <laughs> I was about to say, like, <laughs> where do we, where does innocence come into that? Because sad, a hundred percent. I ultimately think, like, for justice to be served on that, like, we have to figure out a way to one. Look, I hate the NFL. I don't like that league at all. But we have to yeah. figure out a way to protect those players, and we have to figure out a way to treat them after they play. Because if not, yeah. you're gonna have a lot of very young almost going broke extremely dangerous individuals that are like yeah uh, that are unwell because of like i think it happens in soccer in, in europe and it happens in football out here and it's like you, you got to be careful with those head injuries man like that right you crazy. trained a dude for for five to ten years to lift 400 pounds over his head and then afterwards, you left him with zero money and zero accountability. So yeah, he's probably gonna act and a nut. tons of scarring in his brain. Like there, it, sure, it is really sad what happens to those players in the NFL. And I feel like it's such a grinding. And look, OJ came from a time where you could get rich. Like he was one of the lucky ones. Like he had a career mm-hmm. after the NFL, commercials, everything. So even then. I, I do think that, the, and look, all the stuff that we know he did, the abusing of, of Nicole, the like incidents of rage in the hotel room and on the streets of Miami, like that shit I can attribute to CTE. Is he not guilty? That dude is still very guilty of that. Stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is, it is a sad circumstance for sure. And I think to your earlier point, the hope would be that we, we figure out a way, because I think the only way to check for CTE right now is for Post. you to, yeah, you have to be dead and like pull the brain apart. Which is um, so sad. They got to figure out a way to find that in some sort of Yeah, if, to figure out a way to track it early and then to your point, get people the help that they need. Even if, you know, they have committed crimes, ultimately getting them into some kind of service where they can be held accountable, but also get better from whatever this shit is, is the goal. Here's what they got to do. Get rid of helmets in the NFL. (laughs) No lie. If there are no helmets, look at these rugby dudes. They're not getting the same injuries because they're not taking the same risks. Yeah, I'm not going to scold the skull not, just not off of like missile head first. Like I, I just really want the Washington football team to yeah, win. No, I, I can't. I, I can't. It's very upsetting to me. But absolutely, is that a conspiracy? I don't think so. Like I think it's probably just you might as well assume OJ had it. The amount of miles on him as a running back and the amount of the load he took and the way he ran. Sure. I think the conspiracy was more of uh, (laughs) once you have it, you're kind of like free to do whatever you want. Yeah, it's like a get out of jail free card. It's like, no, no, no. I I earned my brain damage. No, no. The get out of jail free free card was that he was famous (laughs) and rich. All right, let's play a game. I we have a, a fun game. Uh, it's a, a game that I love to play. It's a game called Homemade Hotel. Homemade Hotel. There it is. 
All right, homemade hotep. This is the way it works. I'm going to introduce to you a real life fact, a fact that exists out in the world. And what I would love for you to do, Bashir, is just hotep the shit out of it. Just add as much theory and problematic views as any hotep would to this theory. Whatever you need to do to get yourself uh, all the way to the end of the whole thing. Does that make sense? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Okay, so your real fact that exists is that apparently the keyboard the the qwerty keyboard uh that we all type on was actually designed to make people type slower that like they found that the old version of the keyboard that i guess had letters in order people were typing too fast and catching up with computers in a way that mm-hmm. they didn't plan for and so mm-hmm. they changed the keyboard to slow people down well we i mean wow that's um first off that's entirely real <laughs> um i think you know, Einstein said E equals MC squared. And mm-hmm. what he was saying in that equation, I mean, we all know this, is that matter and energy are essentially two versions of the same thing. Yep. When you type too fast, brother, <laughs> you create a vibrational harmonic with the natural energies and resources of the earth, which could allow your third eye to open mm. and for you to see, because I think a lot of people think that time moves in a straight line, but in fact, as we learn yep. from Gabriel Garcia Marquez's book, time moves in a circle. Mm-hmm. Things happen over and over again. And so people's third eye, if they speed up too much, because then all of a sudden action and thought become energy and become one, it speeds up too much. Mm. And people are then able to be able to see the natural curvature and rotation and gravitation of the universe and of the earth. They will be able to see time. They will mm. be able to see the future, right? Yeah. So what happened was, a lot of people were typing in the old version of the keyboard and they were typing so fast. They were seeing visions. They were like, Oh my God, we got to stop Hitler. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, no, no, we got to, we got to stop that. Cause you know, cause the powers that be mm-hmm. the trilateral commission and the Rothschild, mm. they need, they needed Hitler to come along because he was very instrumental in their other plans that they had brother. Now follow along with this. Oh, I'm if listening. You can. <laughs> so in order to slow down the ability of matter and thought, to convert into one and for you to see time all the way through they had to slow down the keyboard mm. and so now what they've done is they brainwash you <laughs> if you open your eyes you'll see it they brainwash you into believing that you can only type so fast because you've always heard about people being able to type oh i type 100 words a minute you've never heard over 150 because 150 is the point oh so if somebody says I type 200 words a minute. That person's probably a psychic. Sure. <laughs> and, and they can, and they can't reveal themselves. I got so it's you. really all, it's all interconnected to time and space. Um, but you know, I've done my own research on this stuff. Other people do their research. And you know, this is kind of what I came out with, but you know, what do I know, brother? Hey, I've been to Egypt and it felt real. Hey, there it is. There. The, hey, <laughs> That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. <laughs> fucking you know nothing there about it. That. <laughs> That's on my hotep, everybody. Fucking there nailed it. it. Time, space. The only thing you, there it you is. missed was a little misogyny and homophobia for uh, a, good, a good hotep we'll two rant. For part two. <laughs> <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. I want to play a game. We're going to play a game together. It's a a fun game. It's a brand new game. We've never played this one before. It's a brand new game that I'm calling Oprah's Acolytes. Were you silent or were you silenced? Oprah's Acolytes is a a fun (laughs) game where I, Alex, am going to introduce to you a few of the people that were were created from the Oprah dynasty, that were born out of the Oprah Mm -hmm. dynasty, that have now become famous in their own right. And what I would like to do, because I think you and I are both in agreement that Oprah has only sinister plans for the world and awful sort of treacherous things in mind for our our well-being. What I would love for you to do is unpack what you think Oprah's intention was in letting these people loose out into the world. That makes sense to you? Perfect sense. Fuck yeah. So the first person was Dr. Phil. What do you think Oprah's plans were? in unleashing Dr. Phil to the world. I think that when when Oprah brought us Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. she was saying there is a vast majority of Americans specifically who are suffering from mental health issues mm-hmm. and I would like to be um a part of making it work. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of sick Americans and I would like them to be sicker. I don't want And because <laughs> yep, and and I, I do believe that Oprah is hand in hand. She she is in cahoots with Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I can unleash this very uh traumatic man, yep. this very this very a man that screams at you, yells at you, kind of doesn't really give you any loving uh path to kind of just shouts yeah. Um, and, and assumes authority, assumes authority with like no real guidance, yep. really, and kind of platform him towards where he has a very a, a show that almost exploits mm-hmm. the, the the psychological nature of the modern day American. 
just gonna give those to Big Pharma. Yeah. Because what'll then what'll then happen is between his show, there are commercials for for for, for pills and yeah. drugs that help you get it, you know, become dependent on those. So Oprah, Oprah and Big Pharma were the parents of Dr. Phil. Wow. Okay. I, I like where you're heading. Here's a here's a fun one that you did, Doctor Phil. Hit me with a little uh, a little sauce on Doctor Oz. What do you do with Doctor Oz? Doctor Oz. Okay, I think with Doctor Oz, women already go the, to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's already known that women are prone to, to visiting the doctor, getting checked up more regularly than men. Yep. So why not make it sexy for them? Oh. You know why? Because Doctor Oz is an attractive man. No one wants to fuck Dr. Phil. So that's oh. why he's gonna he's gonna fuck your brain. Dr. <laughs> Oz is gonna get up. Dr. Oz is gonna get up in your pussy. You know, Dr. Sure. Oz is gonna tell you, yeah, Dr. Oz, tell me about my titties. Tell me about mm-hmm. my lump. Tell me about okay, ladies, if you if you check, my mother would have never gone to get a breast exam if it wasn't for Dr. Oz. So you're telling me, and correct me if I'm hearing you wrong, I think what you're saying is is that Dr. Phil introduced Big Pharma. And then Dr. Oz made Big Pharma sexy. He, he, he made us horny for Big Pharma. Dr. Oz brought Big Pharma back, brought sexy back, mm. brought sexy back into Big Pharma. You, we're we're where now busting we, it open for it. pills because of Dr. Oz. Bust it wide open for your IUD. I love that. I love that. And I, I hate that this is Oprah's plan, but. But I love that you spotted it and we're going to unpack some more. And birth control. Yep. And we already we can we already know about what birth control is mm-hmm. to black women in the community. So and you you think Oprah, Oprah. Yeah. Go ahead and tell tell these bitches about their bodies. That's what she told. <laughs> that's what she told Dr. Oz. I like this. OK, take me. This, let's do another one. Rachel Ray. Okay. Talk to me about Rachel what Ray. Rachel Ray and, and Oprah's intentions with Rachel Ray. OK. I think a lot of us are well-versed on Oprah's relationship with food. Remember when yes. she pulled out the the meat, the meat, and that was like the, the meat that she pulled out on the wagon was the equivalent of how much weight she lost yeah, or whatever she, crazy. She, for those that, that don't remember, Oprah at one point lost, I believe, 67 pounds, and then she then dragged mm-hmm. a, a wagon of animal fat out onto the stage to, to mm-hmm. demonstrate how much weight she had lost. And Oprah, Oprah is a, a, is a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. We know this. Like she, <laughs> she goes up and down in weight like nobody's business. So I believe that when she got into the meeting, okay, she got into the meeting with ABC, and she said, "Ladies and gentlemen, my ne- my next pr- for my next prototype, Rachel Ray." Uh-huh. She presented Rachel Ray, and and the mission with Rachel Ray was, big girls, you can eat well but but be healthy but keep eating oh okay <laughs> let me let me see if i can take this a step further because i think what you're saying is is mm-hmm. that oprah winfrey introduces rachel ray as a way of trapping us in our own like fat shit while simultaneously selling us health she's like being mm-hmm. like hey you don't got to change your diet you don't got to be a different kind of person secretly rachel ray is cooking up a bunch of meals that are clogging our our cardiovascular valves and shit and holding us down you know what she did remember when the cartoon in the in all of the cartoons they would try to get bugs bunny right yep and they would try to get Bugs Bunny with the carrot. And, you know, the string yeah, would be on yeah. the carrot. You pull it, get. 
okay? There was no string, mm-hmm. okay? Oprah put the carrot in the box, in the Rachel Ray box yep. with the carrot. Got all of the big women to come <laughs> towards the box, close the box, yep. but in but the box turned into ribs. <laughs> the, 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 car- the, car- the carrot turned into ribs. She was still, she, I got it was you. a trick. So I, I, you know what? I honestly believe Rachel Ray is a figment of our imagination. Mm, so Rachel Ray She's doesn't exist. She is merely a uh, a horcrux of Oprah out in the world, sort of doing a, her her deviant damage. There we are. I would honestly scrap everything that we just said about Rachel Ray, even what I, and that is what I believe. I believe that Rachel Ray is a hologram. She doesn't really exist. Oprah did it just to make it appear as though mm-hmm. she was cared about healthy eating and stuff like that. She was like, yeah, this will fit. She was tired of talking. Uh, there was, let's just, let's just keep it a book. At a certain point of time in her tenure during her run, Oprah just got tired of talking. Yeah. She was like, let me just give this to people. I'm white people. Y'all been hearing my voice every single day for 20 something years. I'm going to give y'all these white people and I'm going to sit back and, and, and be responsible for them. I like that. Okay. She is the Zordon. Oprah is the Zordon and they are the power <laughs> rangers. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you about this last person. Mm. And I don't know if you'll qualify this person as a power ranger in that analogy that you just created. We were just talking about her, Ayanla Van Zant. What do you think mm-hmm. Oprah's intention was when she unleashed Ayanla Van Zant on the world? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah, Oprah was like, we need to laugh. Yeah, she we was need like, to laugh this bitch together. is funny. We need to laugh together. And, and um, you know what's so funny is that Ayanna Vanzant truly is a comedian. Mm-hmm. I believe that Ayanna Vanzant is like one of, she's one of the underrepresented, underrated, unlike, she's not giving her due as a comic. I'm not as funny as Ayanna Vanzant. I know that for I a fact. I don't think I ever will be. I don't think I ever <laughs> will be. She, there was... There was an episode, and I I went on an Ayanla like rabbit hole on YouTube not yeah. too long ago, and there was because you know they had drama. Ayanla and Oprah had oh they hated for a each second. other because because Oprah basically played her, set her up to to be the next person, and then got jealous that Ayanla wasn't following her her exact instructions as a uh, supreme leader. Mm-hmm. And then Ayanla Ayanla broke. Ayanna broke the broke the chain of command and she was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what I can do to you? You know, you, I, look what I did to Tommy, t- Tommy Hilfiger. Yep. Do you need the same thing to be happening? Get back on my show and talk to my wife. Yep. Ayanna <laughs> had to do the same. Ayanna had to do the same perp walk. Yep. She had to do the same perp walk. <laughs> go on that show and talk, cry to Oprah, talk about what's going on. And then we can send you on your way. On that, on that episode, yeah. actually, there is a scene, which is why I say comedy. There is a scene, and this is how evil Oprah is. There is a scene where they're taking like B-roll shots of Ayanna while she's telling her story about struggling financially mm-hmm. and like spiraling after the Oprah deal went through and she was depressed and stuff. And they're taking B-roll of Ayanna just like draped in like this big heavy coat with this scarf wrapped around her neck, <laughs> with this weird hat. And she's walking through like... She's walking through like a park, a random park. It's like a cloudy day. It's not a it's not a flattering shot of her, but they've played it. They've played the B-roll of her doing that like maybe three times throughout the segment. Right. And 
the audience is like laughing and Oprah's <laughs> calling back to it multiple times, making an audience of people laugh at her. Like she's literally embarrassing her. And Ayanla has to like shrug it off like, oh yeah, I look homeless in that shot, don't I? Yeah, that's how sad oh, I was. And Oprah, shit. Oprah had called it back. I was like, can you, she's she's literally like, play it again, play it again. Jesus I can't, Christ. I can't. And I'm like. And I, I will say there's something really sinister in what you're describing where mm-hmm. Oprah it is quite possibly teaching the world. She gives us Ayanla Van Zant as a way to teach the world to laugh comically at b- this black woman instead of respecting mm-hmm. her as an actual therapist, a healer that she sort of has like branded herself as. And she is no more unqualified than Dr. Phil is. But Oprah <laughs> found a way to discredit the black woman and then prop the white dude up for 20 seasons of uh, yelling at teenagers and telling them that they need to be nicer to their moms. Mm-hmm. And, and Ayanla has the hips that Liz Claiborne didn't want people wearing. She does exactly. Hey, yep. hey. I see what's all, under there, it's, it's Ayanna, all connected. and I'm trying to see it's more. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger said, get your big black Ayanna hips <laughs> out of my jeans. I love this. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. You heard it. You heard the best. Anyway, you, you know which ones are the best of part one, but please come back to re- find out which ones are the best of part two. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And more importantly, if you want to give me a great holiday gift, if you want to make me feel good this holiday season, go ahead and subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. We're almost at a thousand. I've been dreaming my whole life for a thousand reviews. And as a boy, I would look up at my papa. I called him papa. I'm from uh, old timey Russia. And I would say, papa, please, please. I, I dream of a thousand reviews. And my, my father, my papa, he would say, no, you you stupid boy. Nobody's ever gotten a thousand reviews. It's impossible. It's It, it could never happen, but I think it could still happen. I want to prove my papa wrong. I want to spit in his face after I get a thousand reviews. Please help me spit in my father's face by reviewing the podcast and writing great comments. And you know, you know the rest. Just follow. And if you want to send us drops and, and your own conspiracy theories, you can always send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. And more, most importantly, I want y'all to have a healthy, happy new year. And I want you to come with your uh, healthy, happy conspiracy theories in 2022. Anyway, see you at the best of part two. Okay. Bye, bitch. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. Ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.